Welcome to a very special episode of Presence by Naki O. I am your host, Naki Osute. I'm sharing with you a piece that I did as part of an audio exhibit hosted by Harborfront Center as part of the Kumba Festival in February and March of 2021. The exhibit featured stories from Torontonians of African and Caribbean descent, sharing how they unapologetically stand in their blackness. In my case, I was asked to speak specifically about my experiences in the corporate world. And this was a struggle for me, I won't lie. I really had to dig deep and uncover some of my own inner truths. The result of that effort is a piece called Brokering Blackness that I figure makes sense to share on a show about staying black on Bay Street. But I also encourage you to listen to the stories of these other incredible Torontonians. You can hear them at harperfrontcenter.com. Can you remember the last time you felt free, truly free, to say, do, and be exactly who you believe you are? Maybe you're a person who experiences this daily. Perhaps there's nothing that encumbers you. You allow nothing to inhibit your voice. Or perhaps your experience of complete freedom is more like the rare quality of a solar eclipse, requiring an alignment of just the right conditions. As a young adult starting my career, I found myself closer to the latter. And it wasn't because I was afraid or insecure. It was a form of resistance to a dissonance I saw and felt all around me. Though often the only Black person in a room, I can remember Blackness being traded around me as a symbol of being hip, youthful, and street credible. I would be in rooms with pictures of Black people on the walls, but rarely seated beside one. I would be in spaces where Black brilliance could be praised through a television screen, but unrecognized when it was before them in the flesh. I was angry. Angry at how Blackness seemed to be a cultural commodity that rarely seemed to translate into political, social, or financial capital for actual Black people. So when a wink and a nod across the table seemed to be a request for affirmation of this commodification, I resisted, rejecting the idea of being a broker of Blackness. Over time, frustration, anger, and disappointment were woven together with the coping tools of pleasantness, productivity, and excellence to form a mask I found myself wearing often. A few years later, I met Kay Blair. Kay was born in Jamaica and arrived in Canada in 1976. By the time we met, Kay was a well-established and well-respected executive, leading MicroSkills Community Development Center. Now, I was familiar with MicroSkills because it was where I would go for summer job support when I would come back home to Rexdale from university. Over a dinner, Kay, who was on the board of Centennial College, encouraged me to apply to join the board of Seneca College. I responded with a skeptical look. I didn't believe they would actually want me. And honestly, I didn't want to spend my volunteer time in another space where I could potentially be seen as a token. And though she related to my concerns, she challenged me saying, if you and I are not in those spaces, who brings our perspectives, our life experiences to the table? Who represents the communities we come from? She shared stories of how her presence helped transform programs, policies, and institutions. 
Sadly, Kay died in 2016, but fortunately, her impact has not. I eventually joined the Board of Governors at Seneca, the school my mother attended after a workplace accident led her to a job skills retraining program in the 90s. I saw my role on the board as an opportunity to be the voice of women just like my mom. This responsibility emboldened me. My forms of resistance changed. No longer would I simply stifle my anger and frustration. I would channel it in new ways of showing up for myself, not only in response to others. In Kay and many other people I would meet along my journey, I found physical, political, and philosophical role models to help me. At varying times, this could look like the afro I styled my hair in, speaking up about how a policy could affect Black people, or giving my seat up to someone else whose voice was absent from a given discussion. This way of being quickly spilled over from my volunteer roles to my professional work. I became more myself and readily took space in fulfilling roles in the not-for-profit, broader public, and private sector. What became clear was that in sharing more of my Black self in spaces designed to uphold white supremacy, I was freeing myself, making space for others to show up as themselves, and challenging the system at the same time. Nelson Mandela put it so well. To be free is not merely to cast off one's chains, but to live in a way that respects and enhances the freedom of others. I, we, have more work to do to be truly free.